fine girl, yeah. Oh, fine girl, yeah. 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 Yeah. It's reflex. Welcome to another episode of Mom Banya Podcast. This is the official second episode. We are so excited to be here. My name is Lala, aka La Petite and this is my also wonderful, beautiful co-host Nora, aka Auntie Frida. We live, baby. We are live. And this episode is powered by STIM Podcast. Shout out to STIM by, for providing us with batteries to power this episode. I know. You guys are energizing bunnies. Energizing bunnies. We appreciate you. SITM, that is stuck in the middle. SITM. That is stuck That's in the middle. SITM. Stuck in the middle podcast. Oh, Lord. Um, we're gonna go ahead and do a quick mental health check-in. Um, now, how is your mental health doing? From a scale to um one to ten, I know a lot has been going on um with you know just black people in the diaspora and in America. How are you feeling today, Nora? What's going on, baby girl? It's a mess. I get I've like I've never had so many migraines back to back to back and like mm-hmm. just having so many conversations with people that are interested to learn about what's going on also people who are just like stuck in the like they just don't want to accept facts they just don't want to accept realities and unfortunately this time is really pushing a lot of people on the ideas that they hold near and dear to them so mm-hmm. in terms of my mental health my mental health is so so when going back and forth with people it's it's a lot it's a lot girl what about you how's your mental health ah uh, my mental health is a solid 5.42 i would oh have Lord. to say okay. um it's but i have been door. avoiding i have been avoiding spaces where i had to educate people on why i should matter as a black person yeah and i have not been putting myself in in those spaces i have not been engaging with people um you know it's just because like i don't have the energy i really 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 do not have the energy and um but yeah it's of course it's down because like of course a range of emotions of Mm -hmm. what's currently going on in our um in our world yeah in the world period like i gotta deal with a pandemic and racism and Mm. sexism and Mm. all of this at once Mm. and it just takes a physical emotionally spiritual toll Mm. on one's body Mm, 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 mm. Not only do we have to deal with a pandemic, but we also have to deal with racism and sexism. Mm. Fix it, Jesus. Fix it, Jesus. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) Lord, but on today's episode, we actually have a special guest. Uh, We're going to introduce Joanne Walters. Um, Joanne Walters is an amazing friend, but she's also an experienced finance professional. 
who works for one of the largest investment firms in the world. She was born and raised in Kenya. Shout out to Kenya. I don't know what their numbers are. Uh, shout out to Kenya. Kenya in the building. We finally have some East African energy with us. Um, Joanne has a business management and finance degree, and she is currently helping solve clients' business and technical challenges. She is very passionate about teaching people about financial literacy and helping financial literacy and helping them build on that. So please give a warm welcome to Joanne. Hey girl. Hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. I know. I'm so proud of you guys. It's such a great platform. Oh, we love to see it. We love to see it. Um, do you want to um any words of hi, I'm Joe? <laughs> Don't introduce yourself to, to the my body. Yeah, introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. <laughs> we, we, we give a little gist. Introduce yourself. Tell them what tell them what you about. What am I about? Okay. So again, my name is Joanne Walters. Um, I go by Joe though. Um, def- so I'm an experienced financial professional. I uh, work with investments, so work with really? retirement plans. Uh, so pretty much like 401ks that's my thing um really as you said I'm really passionate in helping uh teach people about financial literacy and helping them build on that so but outside of that I mean I am passionate about like women's rights um as as well as like reproductive health as well advocating for that and (laughs) come on yeah and, and, and also like financial literacy as well Ew, shout okay, out. Okay, Joe. Welcome yeah. again. We're so excited to have you here. We love you. Um, you have been a great friend, our quarantine friend. Okay? A quarantine friend and an avid supporter. Friend. Yes. And an and avid us. supporter of the podcast. Of course. And we love you and we appreciate you, Joe. Um, so let's just get into the gist. All right, y'all. Y'all ready for this? Buckle your seat, though, because this one took me for a ride. <laughs> Ooh, child. The ghetto. Um, today's gist will be the Cameroon woman making noise in D.C. I hope everyone watched the video. Joe, you watched the video, right? Yes, I did, girl. Whew. Nora, did you watch the video? Look, look, I have a lot to say, so uh, go ahead and introduce. Let me, let me, let me talk. Let me, let me, let me go. Basically, a francophone Cameroonian was francophone. Ah, you didn't hear the accent. That's a francophone. She was in DC making noise about oh, Black Lives Matter is a joke. Black on black crime. Black Lives Matter is a joke because black people don't care about black crime. This, that, and the third, and just basically spewing absolute nonsense and just just nonsense. Nothing that makes sense. So today we're basically gonna just about that. Like, I mean. Joe, since you're our guest, you go first. What are, what, what were your thoughts on like the video and what she was saying? That was so sad, actually, because she kept saying, "Oh, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free." Oh, that's my house. Just pretty much pointing to the White House, saying that that was her house. Like, no, no, like countering it with like black on black crime. That's mm-hmm. just not not it at all black people are not free in this country um i'm not sure if she just hasn't faced any kind of racism or she's just just so oblivious to what's going on Mm. but 
she was definitely we're definitely oppressed she just sounded like more like Candace Owens I just felt like I was watching a whole Mm -hmm. video of Candace Owens like this is not Mm -hmm. your country first of all yeah like you know she you know so it it was kind of it was really sad to see somebody pointing that out instead of really addressing the social injustice that's going on right now countering that with black with black on black crime you know black mm-hmm. on black crime does not just happen it happens because there's not probably there's not enough funding for in for social programs for kids to attend or even not enough funding for um at the education system in those school districts so kids don't have anything to do like but, but it doesn't just happen because of oh uh you, you can't just blame it on black on black crime no. Yeah. yeah. I think I think just like pointed out first of all black on black crime is like a myth. Just yep. like somebody says white on white crime, there is no such thing. There's no such thing as Cameroonian Cameroonian. Yeah, that's a political agenda because crime is based on proximity and accessibility. Mm-hmm. Crime will be committed against people based on proximity. So if a bunch of black people yeah. live together, a bunch of black people are going to commit crimes against other black people. Just like if it was a bunch of white people that live together uh, and it's accessible to other to a bunch of white people, other bunch of white people are going to commit crimes against white people. So mm-hmm. the black on black crime is nonsense because nobody comes out and says white on white crime. So like I right. feel like that term needs to be dead. People don't understand that they're spewing political rhetoric that was made dismantle up. that term. Yeah. So we I feel like we just need to dismantle that term. And then furthermore, like not giving she she wasn't even giving credence to, to all the social justice programs that have been created in communities of like in black communities to right. help, you know help push black people out of the situation that they find themselves in so for her to be like look at south edc look at look at chicago like have you named any of the programs or initiatives that are going Listen. on in chicago and southeast dc to help the chicago uh, uh, residents out of the situations out of the, have you have you pushed your politicians, your local politicians, to invest in their communities? No, come on, talk about black and black crime, girl. You sound hella dumb. She said, "Go to Chicago. They don't have schools." Excuse me. And, and, and that's black people's problem. We have schools. She said, "A group of people to victimize themselves. The only victim is George Floyd." Lord Jesus, let me go ahead and just list a, a, a couple of um, amazing Chicago organizations Ooh, that are helping ahead. to stop go gun ahead. violence, gun go violence ahead. in the city of Center, South Side, West Side, North Side, Chicago. Um, stop the violence, the Boys and Girls Clubs of Chicago, Mother Against Gun, Chicago Urban League, um, Build Chicago, Cease Fire, so many organizations. When she came to Chicago, I don't know why everyone always points to Chicago, Chicago as like yeah, the yeah. crime. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like Chicago is doing the darn thing in yeah. dismantling gang violence and um community violence. So yeah. um even, even, even I don't know. Even DC, even DC. But like I also like the hypocrisy of a Francophone Cameroonian to talk about uh, go and fix your own community when she herself left Cameroon. Why didn't she stay in Cameroon to fix the problems? Right. I don't know. Hypocrisy. I also you're think a French, French Cameroonian was a with a major problem in Cameroon, and you didn't stay in Cameroon to fix the problems, but you came to America and now you want to fix the problems. If you don't go sit the hell down, <laughs> she, she doesn't even have country. Sorry, yes. go ahead, Joe. No, I'm saying no. She doesn't even have. I mean, if you wanted to make if, if that whole black on black black crime, if you really want to help the hood, why don't you so, start your own organization? Right. Exactly. You know? like, 
you have nothing to stand on at right. all. Nothing. Right. Just she just said, we're in a free country. I'm proud of my country. Bitch, do you even have papers? She she she's a citizen. I, she said so. She's a citizen. Girl. Uh, she's a citizen. It's, listen, it's, it's it's a. But I think I mm. think I think just to point this out, the fight is for black liberation worldwide, and like this is what I mean by having conversations with people who don't want to change their mindset and people who just don't understand it. There are a couple of things that come up, like there are a couple of things that come up like the fight is against white supremacy racism and anti-blackness those mm. three things are borderless they just happen to manifest in the u.s in the in the form of police brutality and and, and, and systemic racism and also she also shows how like disconnected africans are are yeah. um are disconnected from african americans yeah because a lot of africans in our community agree with her yeah yeah like yeah, a yeah. lot of our yeah. african right. brothers and sisters agree with her yeah and it's just like but, no, but that's, that's that's what i mean uh, but that's what i mean by the fight what? is against white supremacy and the fight is right. for black liberation black people are oppressed all over the world even in your own country which is why i said why didn't she stay in Cameroon and fix the problems even in her own home home country that has been like you know ransacked with with the history of colonialism and, and oppression and it's still going through, through through remnants of that why didn't she stay and fix it the fight is against white supremacy, it's against racism, and it's against anti-blackness. It's The movement is a total black liberation all over. There are people in the UK that are fighting the same thing. There are people in the Caribbean exactly. that are fighting the, people, the same thing. There are black people like, in Norway. There are people in Amsterdam. Like, this protest was worldwide. Worldwide, bro, worldwide. Like, worldwide. And people are finally coming to terms with the history of oppression against black people. Bro, right. King Leopold, Congolese people are demanding King Leopold stat statues to be dismantled in his own country because of his of the history he has with black people, especially people from Congo. Like, girl, if you don't sit down, like, bro, like, and, and, and hmm, let me be nice, but mm, let me be nice. It's okay. Ooh, I just, I just think a quick prayer for her. Quick, and quick, quick, very her growth, mm -hmm. and we just, uh, Someone on Twitter said, "Lala, go get your Cameroonian sister." I was <laughs> like, "She's not mine." Oh my she, god, what's this? The, she belongs to the white supremacy. The white supremacists, so and, and mind you, Breitbart <laughs> published her. Like another thing too, Breitbart published her. And another thing, Breitbart, oh. take it as you will, is is isn't to me an alt right news organization that mm -hmm. publishes some very nationalist some very you know very very nationalist alt-right position or, or opinions like take it as you will but that that doesn't sit right so now they're using she got a, sponsors a sponsors I mean, and they're using a black woman and she's getting clocked too to, 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 right and they're using a black woman to break down or how do you call it to delegitimize a movement that has mm -hmm. major legitimacy. Mm -hmm. She needs to sit Bobo down. Before. She needs to sit down. After she done cleared the checks, I hope she can find a job in white America. Because black people ain't going to come and defend you. That's what <sighs> I got to say. Yeah, we yeah. just going to do a quick prayer for a good sis. But anyways, let's go through the topic of today. Again, thank you, Joe, for coming on our podcast. We're so excited and happy to have you. Um, So today we're going to talk about etiquette, etiquette, 
in the workplace mm -hmm. and just navigating corporate America as black women. Um, we have a few questions for you, Mr. Mrs. Walters. So um, I hope you're willing to answer them for us. Sure. Um, so let's get into it. Nora, you want to go ask Joe the first question? Um, so how how has it been navigating corporate america during these times um did the ceo of your company make a statement about black lives matter or the, the black lives matter movement or, or any of the events going on right now yeah that's a good question so it is it has been difficult to say the least um because on my team um the only black person pretty much mm. the only black person and the only person of color. So it, it's hard. Um, my CEO, he did come out with a statement and it was a powerful statement, but his statement actually kind of, kind of took a back, he was kind of like introducing our chief diversity officer's statement, which mm. was very powerful and she's a black woman, mm. you know? So he released a statement pretty much just saying like we take a stand against any type of racism any and we're we we're all together with our employees in fighting this this like social injustice throughout like and they also they committed about i think five million dollars oh, wow. they donated yeah so it's been really good um because a couple years ago even in like 2014 when i believe it's 2014 or 2016 when like philando castillo uh like mm -hmm. shot and many mm -hmm. others who were passed away during that time like they didn't really take i'm just i'm actually seeing this work because i don't really recall i've been with the company for like six years i don't really recall the past couple years them mm -hmm. actually taking a huge stand like this like mm -hmm. you know oh, wow. um i believe mm -hmm. on, what, what was it on tuesday yeah on tuesday just yesterday actually we had a uh, eight eight minutes and 46 seconds moment of silence. So they mm. put this, mm. put it together. Um, like our business like started late and everything. So they had that moment of silence. So they've been doing a lot and also different um, like resource groups at mm. work, especially like the, the black organization, professional organization network. We're mm. holding like little chat, like basically like fireside chats, like, but more small and intimate virtually. So mm. I'm, I'm seeing a, they've done a lot and they've taken a stand for that mm. that's amazing yeah that's a good segue to our next question because we were going to ask you um how's the atmosphere at work for you specifically as well well for your co colleagues but you kind of described that eight minutes of silence and the little uh, was it like breakout sections that you guys have so they're that's what they're 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 rolling out. So the next couple like the next couple of weeks, I think it's just even going to run past the summer. Just the, we've scheduled like our the Black Professional Network scheduled like little like sec, um, segments where people can do it virtually and just having like a a place where people can talk about the experiences. Mm. And mm -hmm. I don't think they've had that before because I mean it's it's just going to be very impactful. Um, because mm -hmm. I just know there's some white people, it's just uncomfortable to bring, they're uncomfortable mm -hmm. to have these types of conversations. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a open, this is a place where 
things can things like that can can start and they can mm-hmm. actually realize their privilege mm-hmm. and when you, mm-hmm. privilege, you can um, be more empathetic you know mm-hmm. and that's where, and i think that's where the change 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 will come you know mm, absolutely 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 that's a great initiative yeah that's a great i mean your company is doing it doing it like yeah great models and i feel like if this can help corporate like the whole corporate structure just it can awaken their broader employee if they can awaken their broader employee base with Mm -hmm. results to to really enforce real meaningful change they need to start having these honest conversations at work to encourage like all employees to think about and just reflect as i said on their privilege and how Mm. they can also commit in speaking up when you hear something somebody's making like a joke and it's not really appropriate oh yes you know you know yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But but like a segue, a little segue, it's sort of like also also on the topic of navigating corporate America as a black woman. Right. There's a little video you shared to us about email etiquette. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> And like it, it, and whenever we're in a professional setting, we always like we're always very cautious of the way we word certain things so that we don't come off as aggressive or you know quote unquote bitchy, you know, mm-hmm. or, or even demanding, even though it's something that we should have the right to be demanding of respect. Right. But like, on that, you know, what are some forms of etiquette that you feel that you as a black woman have to uphold at work? Right. Okay. Like, how do you say bitch, please? In a right. <laughs> So I feel like women in general, we're under pressure to basically to conform to like that dominant masculine behavior Mm -hmm. in general. But as a black woman, it just goes deeper. We're under pressure to conform to like a white behavioral norms. Mm -hmm. Assimilation. Exactly. So that that's why we're always like we're always under pressure to look at how we dress uh, mm. it's like especially we're more curvy so oh if I wear this is this going to be too tight what is this we think about so much you know we have to think about how we dress we have to think about how we wear our hair we have to think about um how we speak you know mm. we also have yeah. to speak about being like we have to be more kind of like sociable to seem like we're not bitchy or we're not mm-hmm. bad all the time or you know so those mm-hmm. types of things so our kind of I I feel like and I've felt like this like my sense of authenticity which is like so important to your emotional health and Mm well-being and it also plays people don't think people don't realize that that also plays contributes into being productive at work yes because yeah if if you're constantly thinking like if you can't be your true self you can't like your productivity will not show you know yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So and, yeah, and, and, and I feel like those are the type of the type of things, especially I have had to like think about when you brought up the, the email situation. I don't know how many times I like I look back at my I look at emails and I'm like, okay, did I say this? Or does it sound like too bitchy? But like, yeah. point, I just got to the point. I was like, you know what? I don't care. And some and before I used to, oh, you know what? Let me just call them so they can hear the tone of my voice. Yep. And mm-hmm. understand, like, okay, mm-hmm. nah, like, I'm not coming from like a bitchy standpoint, or like, let me throw like a laugh, like, haha, yeah, yeah, or an emoji or something, or an emoji or something. But I've come to a point where like men don't do that. I don't see mm. men are like too straight to the point, and they say how it is. They don't 
say, I'm pretty sure there's no man that just sits there and like, oh, am I, do I sound like an asshole? Do I sound like a jerk? They're not like that. Nope. So I feel like as women, we should be strong and not care about bitchiness or whatever. Like if this is, on. you want to deliver a, a message and a point, just do it. You yep. know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I just want to, um, cause I'm Nora said assimilation and many of our viewers may or may not know what assimilation means. And so assimilation is, um, the process by which a person or a group's language and or culture comes to resemble those of another group, which is, um, predominantly the dominant group of the minority group. Um, so full assimilation occurs when a new members of a society become, um, indistinguishable, indistinguishable, indistinguishably, ugh from members of the other group. So you can distinguish them. So everyone is just the same. Um, yeah. So that's just a little background of what assimilating into a corporate America culture for a black woman looks like. And that's exactly what Joe um, described. Let's go to the next questions. Um, what are some ways that you throw a professional shade? Some ways to throw a professional shade. Oh, that's mm -hmm. a good question. <laughs> hmm. I'm I'm nor not like naturally I'm just a, I'm just a nice person but mm -hmm. it could be in an email like just like phrasing it in a way that okay they get the point like I'm not playing around like mm -hmm. I said what I said as like it's like, as, as, as per my last conversation but phrasing yep. it yep way, yep you know? yep as no. per our last, our previous conversation. <laughs> yeah, things like that, you know, like, so, so they, I'm like, I'm normally nice. And sometimes people can make this kind of like take advantage of you being nice in general and, uh, mm. and all that, but you have to stand up for yourself and try to like, just be, just to throw it in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like this, this, this is another sort of, I guess, a uh, major sort of thing where it's like glass ceilings, right? You know, glass mm -hmm. ceilings exist, especially for women and especially for black women. Like, right. you know, it's, it's something that's created, especially in corporate America for positions that black women normally don't find themselves in. And so somebody is coming and set a glass ceiling, a sort of like um, marker for where, where you as a woman can only reach and you can't go any further mm -hmm. with that. Do you feel like there are any sorts of glass ceilings that you're trying to break in the position that you're currently in? Are there any glass ceilings that have been, uh, or precedents that have been set by black women or minority women before you that you feel like, okay, this is, this is a level that I can reach as a black woman. And then after this, I would have to break a glass ceiling, sort of like get out of this, this, this norm or this position that's been set for me. Right. So for me, um, and I'll just say this, I think, I, I believe like white women in a way have benefited from the like diversity and inclusion efforts. Um, Absolutely. has always benefited That's white women over right. anybody. Over anybody. And some of them, and I, and I can see this in a work too, because I mean, yeah, you have to look out for yourself, but at the same time, you should be advocating. You know your counterpart as a woman; they're 
they're looked down upon. So you mm -hmm. should be, they're not really using their power to advocate for other um, like underrepresented groups, you know? So maybe it's because they don't understand the challenges that, that, that black women might face, you know, their coworkers, but it's something that they've benefited from. But just to answer your question, as far as breaking the glass ceiling, um, like I would like to probably get into um, like more into tech, you know, like or like lead a team in in in, in tech in a tech field. But there's not that many women or mm. black women in that. Mm. So mm. you you see a lot of um, Indians, you mm. know, like mm. men or white men leading those types of teams, you know. Um, so they might think that that oh, the man is like smarter than a woman, you mm. know, without really like knowing exactly what they bring to the table, you yeah. know, but oh. mm -hmm. no, go ahead. No. So um, I was going to say, I do, like, I mean, it's so important to, and then that's where it's for, I believe for like black women, it's so important to have like a network at work, the mm -hmm. people that can really act yep. for you. So even fight for you, even though they're, if they're not considering you for that position, if you're, they were going to reject you for that position that you have somebody to advocate for you mm -hmm. really um, that they will actually, that could actually change the hiring manager's um, mind and say, you know what, you know what? She's like, she's really good. Like we've like, she's had this person and this person and this person advocating for them. Like, let's like, let's take a look at them. Like maybe like, let's go this other route, you know? Mm. Also, um, I, I also think like helping other women, another mm. woman, right. um, um, instead of just like competing all the time, you know, it's good to help others up. If, if it's that recent grad that just joined your, like, your company mm. or somebody that's new, you know, just like helping them out. Like they're new. They don't know exactly what to do. Like I, I'm so huge on if, if it's something that I've experienced that was like, painful mm. I w if I could save somebody from that I, I would like I, mm. I, I, I want you not to, I wouldn't want you to go through all that you know mm. because to just like recover from that is it's, it's a lot you know yeah it's a lot but but like I, w I wanted to, to to press you a little bit on the tech position mm -hmm. um Alexis o Olympian basically Serena Williams husband oh, yeah. mm -hmm. he stepped down from his position as the reddit uh on the reddit board right. and he's been somebody who's been very vocal about the for him and his wife mm -hmm. have been very vocal about the lack of women in tech right specifically the lack mm -hmm. of black women and he stepped down from his position hoping that it would be a black person a black candidate that would be nominated for that seat do you think that that was a powerful move as somebody who's saying they're trying to break into the tech world and they're obviously not mm -hmm. if any black women in those roles and and the tech world has openly admitted it do you think that was a big move on his part i think it was a big move but I, it was a big move and i don't want to take anything um away from him because the way he raises um his daughter and the way he advocates like he loves serena like the mm -hmm. way he loves mm -hmm. her is just it's it's it like kind of gives me goosebumps but mm -hmm. um, but i wonder why didn't he do it before yeah you know, mm. that, that's the thing. Why didn't he do it before? But it's a huge move for what he's doing now because he's stepping down from his baby. Pretty yeah, much. something he created, he something said. Something he created. In college. 
So that's a huge thing. You know, that's like Mike Zuckerberg saying, I'm stepping down and I want somebody to replace me. Like somebody that's like started something and they know like the struggle from like where they started to where they are. So I think that's, that's, that's really good. Um, as far as the board goes, um, board members do have like an impact, but they don't have that impact on, let's say that company culture as mm. much, you know, yeah. they might have like, an impact, but um, they don't have like a huge company culture, or, like an impact on like the employees of that company itself. So the CEO of the company ha- has a huge impact on like the culture of the company and the employees. Um, but because there's only four black CEOs among like the fortune 500 largest companies. Wow. Only four. Yeah. And some of those big, um, some of those like, tech companies, I looked this up, zero black members on the senior oh, leadership at Facebook, Google, and Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then in banking, like three of the top banks, uh, Bank of America, JP Morgan, and Wells Fargo, zero in their yeah, senior leadership. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, so you would think that, yeah. yeah, so in Silicon Valley, it's zero. Yeah. And, and they know, they know that they're very well aware of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think he, he did yes. a job in like stepping down. Like I think that's a, a huge move. And I really, I hope that more companies follow that in that, that seat. It shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't have to be like that because now people have that people just, especially for example, if you end up, if you get into, um, if you get hired by a really great company, or if you get into like Harvard or, um, any of the Ivy league schools, people just flip that and say, Oh, he only got here because of uh, affirmative action or because of the numbers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I hope it's not, it doesn't come like that, that right. you know, um, in having that, Oh, we want at least one board member to be a person, like a black person, you mm-hmm. know? Mm. So, but hopefully it, this is a it's a change that mm. a lot of companies follow suit with interesting interesting yeah wow. I, I had no idea <laughs> we're not surprised either um so joe when it comes to your intersecting personalities that is um of course being an african woman a black woman that is educated um able-bodied that had the opportunity to grow up in america um, do you see yourself having to play certain roles at times, like maybe like code switching and likes, or maybe even have to suppress part of your identity? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Your work is pretty much judged plus other, um, in like other things, other intangible things. So code switching is definitely one of those things that you can't, you feel like you can't bring your authentic self at work and you have to conform to that culture at work versus being really your true self. So mm-hmm. imagine going to a meeting and just be the, like being your, yourself, they're going to be looking at you like, you know, and that's some, sometimes it's a big fear. Um, but I've learned that just be yourself. And if they don't like you, that's cool. Like, you know, like it, it's fine. If they don't like you, somebody else out there will like you and appreciate you. And I, one thing I do like about, the like millennial generation is they're not loyal to just one person right not like back in the day where you got in in a job and you stayed there until you retired Mm. no if 
this company doesn't appreciate you, you can move to the next company. And yep. culture is so big. Um, I think when you're looking for, for, for that, for that next step or in a job, I think culture is so big. And I think that's the, hopefully this shift, this whole movement is going to shift that and also enter into like the corporate world as well. Yeah. 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 We're looking forward to that. Like, but like, so like a one, like a, like a last sort of, and it's like, do you feel like, do you feel like sometimes you have to represent the whole, a whole group of people? Like you have, since you're the only black woman slash person of color, Mm -hmm. you sometimes feel like you have to represent the whole or embody the whole, whole of black women, the whole of people of color. Or do you feel like sometimes you're a representative of that, of that unit as a whole? Oh yeah, I feel like I feel that all the time because I feel like my work is judged even more at a higher standard. It's like mm-hmm. they they already have the stereotypes about uh, a black person or African American. They they already have those stereotypes in their minds, and but then it's like we work so hard to make sure that we're not like messing up. We'll, because we know one a mess up will be treated so differently compared to like let's say if like a man was to mess up or um someone mm-hmm. else would was was to mess up you know like like oh we knew about her like you know she, mm-hmm. couldn't, she couldn't she can't do it right you know mm-hmm. so you tend to second guess yourself um a lot and which can affect your confidence so mm-hmm. you know so i think for me it's just just doing my job and sometimes i feel like I, i'm I, like i'm working harder or trying because i have to like prove myself yeah way so so to, just to just to show that like oh no like we're hard workers we're we're not that stereotypical thing that you have like in, in your heads about us you know hmm. yeah 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 so you have to constantly prove yourself yeah right. mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. well Mm, I just think it's sad that us as black people we have to constantly prove ourselves to the right. um to others in order to yeah. be accepted. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is which is why that that lady when she was saying talking about oppression cuz she is a black woman and as an immigrant as well who has the privilege mm-hmm. to to be here in America it's like wait till you get to corporate America she said she has a federal job she's getting to Wait till you get to that federal job and then you see yourself being the only black woman on staff okay. having to represent, mm-hmm. having to hold yourself to a standard, having to exhaust yourself beyond belief to do your work mm-hmm. to prove to people that you are capable and you are educated and you're smart. So, right. you know, just kind of show. Speaking of exhaustion, how do you, after a day of just dealing with all this work culture and trying, you know, how do you come home and, and debrief? How do you debrief, yeah. Joe? For me, I don't, I, I come, so pre-COVID, I looked forward to my commute to work. So mm-hmm. I would, I would drive. So it's about like 30, like 30 to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I would just look that, that time is my time to prepare myself going in and prepare myself when I leave to just unwind going home. So either listen, listening to music or like podcasts, that's like, mm-hmm. it just calms me. And my commute, by the time I get home, I'm just like, I feel like, okay, I'm much better now, you know, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if it's been a long day and I don't, I don't respond to emails. I don't, when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not going to be yeah. you calling me and you think I'm going to be answering. No, it's not, it's not going to be like that. Nope. 
Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She said when she's done, she's, she's done. done. Don't I call her. Don't call me. I'm off don't, the clock. Don't call her. <laughs> I remember somebody, somebody called me and I, I was like, uh, excuse me? And they called me on my, uh, on my personal line. And I was like, uh, excuse me? I mean, I gave him my number for one, for one time, one time use. Emergency use only. I didn't, I didn't tell you to keep calling me. Like, if you need something, like, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. And it's not even like, it's, I would, I would appreciate like a text or like a courtesy, like, hey, are you free? Can I call yeah. you? No, it was just like, I'm just going to dial her. Yeah. You said, no, no. No, ma'am. No, no ma'am. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. My phone line is cut off. Don't call me. Don't text <laughs> me. I'm off the clock. <laughs> right. Don't call me. Lord, um, on that note, we are actually going to move into our spotlight moment. And in this moment, we get to highlight women's and or organizations that are making a difference, you know, um, and just doing the damn thing, man. Today, we're going to shout out Hanifa um, with the founder, Hanifa uh, Mwemba. I don't think I'm pronouncing it that right. She's a Congolese fashion designer. If you guys remember the 3D virtual fashion show, a black woman mm-hmm. did the damn thing. Yes, she, she basically, that yeah, that I'm was like, you know, that was amazing. powerful. You know what I mean? That I mean, was even, so powerful. Powerful. And speaking about tech and business and merging those two things, it's a black woman and a woman that has African roots um, in, in the Democratic Repo- Republic of the Congo. Um, you know, really breaking forth in the fashion business and, and doing something that's never been done before. But um, her recent line that is Pink Label Congo um, decided to highlight the situation happening in Congo. So Pink Label decided to highlight the, the exploitation going on, um, you know, to the Congolese people. Congo is responsible for 70% mm-hmm. of the world's cobalt mine, which, you know, is yeah. what our phones are used to function. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know so sort of the, what's happening, you know, there with the child soldiers, exploitation, like endless wars, and people living in subhuman conditions. But like, uh, on top of highlighting those conditions and bringing awareness, she also wanted to celebrate all of the, the 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 lightness, the beauty that is in Congolese culture, and so her her mm-hmm. her she she went ahead and did this really cool thing where you know she she um brought made like you know brought awareness for for what's going on, but also highlighted the future by these bright exuberant colors, like highlighting mm-hmm. what what the potential of Congo could be, and then also saying that she wanted to inspire other Congolese people to do what she's doing, that is look forward to the future of Congo. So shout out to her. Um, shout we out to stand company. an intersecting queen. Queen, she did that. Absolutely, bow absolutely, down. absolutely. And all those other companies that don't be, you know, em- uh, 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 what you call it, uh, employing black people or black business. Have you heard? Have you heard that want to come and steal Have her design? Heard? They need to open okay. their ears. Do heard? not steal her design. Go to her directly and yes. work with her. There's already not yeah. enough role for black people. Don't come and steal a black woman's design. Go to her and collaborate and also open your, like, open up positions so black people can come. Because when I tell you black people mm-hmm. make things flourish, y'all don't understand. And a black woman did that. Shout out to her. You she can follow her. Did that. She did it. You can follow her at 
at at Anifa M. That's A N I F A M. And you can also follow her her uh, company, which is at official Hanifa, which is H A N I F A. Go ahead and follow her on both of those joints. She is amazing, and real. I just can't wait for what the future has in store for her. She's definitely revolutionary, and Very I appreciate her work and her determination and her creative idea. Like, wow. Yeah. Well, wow, she did that. She did. She did that. Yeah. Anyway, next up we have our um segment called hashtag ask my banya where we take in some questions from our viewers or questions that people have um sent to us on Instagram, Twitter, and all our social media platforms. Somebody said, um, somebody said, um, how do you get a foreign man? A foreign. <laughs> Oh, let me spell that for you. It's No, banya, 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 banya. You have to repeat it slowly. They didn't hear. They didn't hear. Spell it again. Somebody. Spell it. Okay, okay, okay. The spelling. I got you. F I O H N E. In all capital. Man. I. So somebody mm. said, how do you get a foreign man? How do you get a, Joe, how do you get a foreign man? How do you get a foreign hey. man? A, a foreign? Mm. A, a foreign? Yes. Foreign. Hey, a, a foreign. <laughs> is he melanated? Is he not? <laughs> what, 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 is, what is going on? Does he got What's a degree? Is he degree? Is he a feminist? Is he so a womanist? Like woman? Oh. <laughs> Questions that need answering. Questions that need All black answering. lives matter to him. Oh, do they? Do they? Do they? Joe, but how do you get a fine man? What's, what's your technique, girl? Like, what's your, if you're in a bar and you're trying to grab somebody's attention, hey. Joe, what do you do? <laughs> if, a, if a fine man is trying to approach you, one, one of y'all, no, how, girl, how, do you, how, do you, how do you catch one? How do you no, catch girl, somebody one? said it. It's somebody. We don't know who said it. <laughs> the man will come and find you, mm, right? Period. Okay. But you don't do anything to, like, grab his attention. Let's say if you see a fine chocolate brother, right. con- beer connected. Mm. You think he smell like cancer <laughs> and cocoa butter or something. He respects women. You're dancing with your girl. How do you hey. signal to him like, I want you? How do you signal? What's your signal? Do you I would wink say, of an eye? I would say like, okay, if we're in like a social setting, if it's like, let's say like a lounge or something like that, I will... I'll I'll buy him a drink. I'll Ooh. probably tell the bartender and just like, hey, Ooh. a drink. Shoot her shot. Buy him a drink. I yep. think y'all heard that. I'm gonna buy you a drink. I'm gonna buy Ooh. you a drink. Ooh. I'm gonna take it. Ooh. So you say you're gonna buy him a drink, and then what, Joe? Let me write this down. Yes, <laughs> right, 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 people taking notes. Buy <laughs> notes. We'll give you advice. <laughs> pull your ear. Pull your ear. And that will probably pique his interest and be like, okay, um, what's going mm-hmm. on here? And then mm-hmm. she comes over, just like having, like, just trying to, like, just have, like, just people just get so overwhelmed. Just, like, just have a conversation, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And you don't have to go on a 
fancy date the next time y'all could like link up at a, like a park or like do like a picnic or just something so simple like get ice cream walk around mm-hmm. like, sit down having conversa- conversations because I mean it gets to a point like mental stimulation is so important mm. so important mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You can read out the characters by just having a conversation and just hearing like oh okay that's how you think okay mm-hmm. um, right? so just having like that the, that conversation it will tell you a lot and save you a lot of pain and heartache yes long run. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, how, no, how, how, you, how do you guys get a how do you how do you girl um ah y'all i feel like i'm gonna be like the the spoiler of this like i'm not really, i'm i don't really i'm not really in the mood for liking men but when i am in the mood <laughs> Um, I honestly think, um, if somebody, if somebody can get you out of your comfort zone and sort of like, you know, create a space where both of you guys are able to, um, you know, reveal part of yourself, conversations able to flow, you're able to have stimulating, intellectual, very vulnerable and honest conversations. I think that's how you find somebody. That's how you find a fine Mm -hmm. and capital letters, like, you know, have somebody that can be able to create an environment that's conducive to both of you guys being vulnerable and open. Because, like, I mean, look at the times we're in. Like, you really got to be asking questions because I hear a lot of people talk about black love, black love this. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, about that black love. Like, does that man respect you? Does that man respect all black lives? You know, is, mm-hmm. is, he, is he, does he respect you as an individual, whether that's a partner, whether that's one? Like, does he respect other people as well? Like, you know, where's his thinking at? Because, like, later on, I mean, not everybody has kids, but once you start getting into things that are kind of deep and then maybe you have kids and stuff, like, there's certain things that are going to have to be impacted. And if he's on a different wavelength, you're going to be sick. You know, you're going to be really sick about the way somebody's going to, like, you know, be raising kids with you. So that's what Joe said. Mental, mental what? Mental mental stimulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mental stimulation. Mental stimulation. The thing. I mean, mental stimulation. Mental stimulation and also an environment that's really conducive to some really vulnerable conversations is how you find somebody. Fine. Fine. Capital 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 banya how you be catching well, them i mean i'm sexy you feel me period, hey, yes. period. capital p-e-r-i-d-e period and no but <laughs> no but for real if like in the scenario like we're in a bar or like a social gathering i would to get his attention i have a really i'm very like sociable so i'll just go up and say hey what's up and like i know myself and i know i'm very bubbly and i have a really pretty smile so i'll be like hey what's up and he'd be like Ooh, hey and we yeah. just take it on from there okay hi okay Okay. Okay. That's, okay. that's it. That's how I get myself a wine, man. Horn. And if the conversation is worth it, mm-hmm. like well, of course we'll have. Of course you can't really have a conversation at a bar because you're always screaming like, "What'd you say?" Huh? So we might have to link link up a couple of times mm-hmm. after that and see where it goes. Text a little bit, FaceTime a little bit. Mm, okay. No Buddha, boo loving on the phone. Buddha, Buddha. <laughs> oh okay um so our next hashtag x 
Mambanya question. Um, so Joe recently sent to us a um, scenario that happened in her community. Um, Joe, do you want to go ahead and read that scenario? Yeah, so pretty much what happened. So it's, so, okay, let me just, because it just gets me like so sad. Yeah. Um, so I know this girl from my hometown and I was just scrolling through Facebook and I saw her like post like screenshots. And so she's a black woman and she, her baby daddy is white, pure white. <clears throat> so I'm looking and I look at the screenshots and in those screenshots, there are messages of the baby daddy, the, uh, the baby daddy's new girlfriend who's white and his friend. And in the in there, they're discussing the 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 black lady, the black girl took her son, who's about maybe six six ish, I think, to uh, Black Lives Matters uh, protest. There was no tear gas or anything, um, so took him there, and so they sent. They were discussing, saying, "Oh, she that that's too young to be sending." To, they were like oh, she's pushing so much on him at this young age. And I was like, and the girlfriend was saying, oh, I was thinking the same thing. He's too young. And the father's like, I'm not against that. I'm not against what they're doing, but he doesn't even comprehend what he's doing. However, children, we know black children comprehend race at such a young age, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we already know that. And um, the baby daddy was just like, I don't know if I should say something to her or not. But the girlfriend said, Oh, you have you you have every right to. Then the conversation went on with the friend, and he sent a picture of the son. The son had like this Black Panther gear and everything, and uh, and the mom like the mom sent it to the dad like, and the kid was probably so excited to have that gear on. Mm. And the and the dad said sends that picture to his friend and says, "Official nigga now." Wow. wow. This is a so white, the white dad. dad the white dad calls calling his mixed son. His mixed son. A whole nigga. Nigga. Yeah. <sighs> right. And the, and, the and, and the friend and the friend was like, oh, uh, why is he trying to be Black Panther? Ain't he like a worthless superhero? What he even do? Why the why the f he get a pony? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, it was it was know. so disturbing. It's so mm -hmm. sad. Somebody, your own your own child. You gonna call him the n word? And this guy. Th this white guy, he loves, he's one of those, he loves black culture, mm -hmm. black culture and everything. He talks, she tries to assimilate, code switch, whatever, talks like that. And he's just calling his own child. A nigga. Uh, the, the, A whole nigga. Yeah. Wow. And this, this kid was probably so excited about being in his like out and in this outfit and everything and, mm -hmm. and right. that's what right. right. it's like do you want your child to be around that 
I mean, do you want that that kind of ment- like a, a father with that kind of mentality to raise a child? Right. You know, it's it, it's right. it's so sad, which is why we were like talking before. Like you know, the first question was so appropriate about like the fine man finding somebody that you know when you're raising kids is not going to be, you know, why? Because like first of all, that's another problem. This, this being in this proverbial being invited to the cookout, you know, white people that love to um, appropriate black culture. But mm-hmm. then when serious black issues are going on, it's like all of a sudden they're white. Right. And they don't have anything to do with that. And then all of a sudden now you're black or you, I'm sorry, your mixed son who's half black is now a nigga. And mm-hmm. it's in, 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 in the most vulgar term ever. And then right. you as a white man, like, bro, like for me, I'm so pissed because like you have a child that's going to grow up with a father that's stupid. And yeah. racist. Right. And I'm sorry, like racist and stupid. And then fighting in a world where you as a mixed race son, depending on how you look, are gonna be treated like a black man. Right. To have a father mm-hmm. that's not only racist, but racist towards his own son. His own like I I don't I don't know what to mm-hmm. say. Like that's too much for me. That's I don't know what to say. I don't And the mom that one. Yeah, the mom was like um the mom was like you would rather teach him about ass and, and like and boobs and all this than you you then you would you want you don't want him to learn about like race but right. you want him to learn about all these other things so he can objectify women in in the future like, mm. yeah i I just feel very very sad for the little boy because. Um, I think at some point in his life, he might have to love his dad from afar. Yeah. Um, love his dad because his dad would not understand his blackness and the experience that he's going to experience of becoming a black man living in America. Mm-hmm. Um, like I always say this, when you walk in that door, they will, they will see your blackness before anything Gosh. else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just feel very sad and i am so glad that the the mom is integrating him and teaching him about his blackness and i hopefully teaching him to love his black skin and appreciate it um it's so sad that his dad you know isn't as much of an advocate for him as he should be especially in these times mm-hmm. um i she he would have to internalize a lot of things and oof Already as early as a black strong black women. Listen, black but, women. Period. But it's it's unfortunate that black women have to continuously uphold this strong black women trope. Like, bro, mm-hmm. like just just do better. Like, oh. it's sad. It's really sad. I was I was shocked. I love. And lost for words, your own child. Like you couldn't put aside your racism for your your own child. I just could not. So I always wonder: Did you have those types of feelings when you were dating? Absolutely. What? Absolutely. People want the black experience. So was just a black. So that black woman that you had a child with was just a fetish. It was a fetish. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. You were living the black experience without having to be black. Right. Sick. So sick. Oh Lord, <laughs> this is a lot. This was. Just take the wheel, take the bus, take the whole car. 
take the mm. whole car, take the whole like the whole planet, universe, galaxy, and everything, and then just take it and go. Take it. I'm waiting for the cicadas to come out and dominate. Ooh, Lord. Ooh, Lord. Yeah, ooh, Lord. Um, Jesus. Uh, so, Joe, um, we're going to move on to our final segment of our um, podcast, um, which is Fun Facts. And since you are our guest of the night, um, you got some fun facts about. To share with us? I do. So the first one is, and the source is UNICEF, an extra year of education can help a girl earn 15 to 25% more as an adult. Mm. Oh, wow. Can you read that one more time? Sure. An extra year of education can help a girl earn 15 to 25% more as an adult. Wow. In America? Not, not sure about that. It's a, I think it might be a worldwide. It yeah, might be it could a be a worldwide. Mm-hmm. Like worldwide mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, year, on average. Yeah. An extra year, on average, worldwide, for women worldwide, an extra year of education uh, could, right. could increase your earning potential by 15%. Right. Wow. Next one, we, we all know women make less than men, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. women make nearly 20% less than men, and they will not reach pay equity with men until 2059 if the slow pace <gasps> of progress of the pay gap persists. That's if, that's if, if politicians don't repeal certain things. If the slow pace of progress on the pay gap persists. Ooh, 2059? 2059. I'll read it again for the people in the back, okay? Uh, read it, Banya, read it. Read it back again. Those are in back. Pay gaps and mm-hmm. women inequality. This is for you. Right. Women make nearly 20% less than, man, than men, and they won't reach pay equity with men until 2059 if the slow pace of progress, if the slow pace of progress on the pay gap persists. So, me, I'm tired, though. I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh-huh. I'm tired. So, not even my great grandchildren will see it. Hey! God forbid. I know. Hey, God. Next one domestic violence. Just one form of gender based violence is costlier than welfare, with a worldwide annual cost of $8 trillion. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rewind. Read that bad. Read that bad. Read that bad. Domestic violence, just one form of gender-based violence, is mm-hmm. costlier than warfare, with a worldwide annual cost of $8 trillion. And that is through the United Nations gender equality. That's the source. So wait, hold on. Can you break that down? So what does that mean exactly? Just one form of gender it's costlier than well than warfare so it costs more than war so that means domestic violence cause what like domestic violence causes what causes what so what is it's a poll by unicef right yes yeah, so, so it's so i yeah, think so maybe like domestic violence costs them more it's more costly for them to solve the issue of domestic oh, violence than it is for them to like you know them to engage in war 
if I'm reading because it happens ever so often. Ever so often. That means that like that that should show how prevalent wow. it is. That like wow. it's it's costly. It's more costly than actual warfare. That shit's crazy, bro. Damn. That shit's crazy. Yo. Mm-hmm. Let that soak yeah, in. Yeah, so it says, because it says, our estimates suggest that the costs of violence are high. The welfare mm-hmm. costs of, collect- of collective interpersonal violence, harsh child dis- discipline, intimate partner violence, and sexual abuse are equivalent to around 11% of global GDP. That's wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's insane. Y'all, women are being oppressed in this world. <laughs> And we need to fix it. We need to fix it before 2059. We need to fix it. (laughs) Right. Listen, just give us equality at least. I know we're working towards equity, but can you just give us equality first? In the meantime, yeah. Give us something to work with. Give us something to eat. Come yeah. on. And, and and don't gaslight us into thinking that this shit is not happening when statistics are saying that it's costing, it's globally costing a shit ton of, 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 of certain countries' GDP to solve domestic violence issues. Like, huh? Whoa, that's that's a lot. That's wild. It's a lot. But the good thing is. We can end on the positive. African-American women have become the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in the United States. Yeah. Yep. That's between that. 1997 to 2017. Yeah. So black, that black girl magic. It's really Come working. On. It's working. Go it's us. working. It's working. And, slowly, and in, very slowly. Slowly, but surely. And in these times, like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of things going like support black businesses um i would just say patronize black women because like the other companies don't care for you it's not like they care for us so mm-hmm. you know if there's a black woman or a black man or black people that you see they're in business or doing good work and that they're they're re- representing you and reflecting you in a way that you love then go ahead and patronize their business it's really helping and i and i actually read somewhere that um george floyd like in the wake of george floyd like black businesses have really been profiting well after they've been advocating like support black businesses and everything that's awesome. and it's like mm-hmm. black businesses have really really been like oh, like you know you know garnering a lot of business and making 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 some head headway right there has been a lot of positive that has come up from from from, from. um this protest and this 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 movement like yeah. and i am I'm in awe when people yeah. say, oh, don't fight for social change. It's not going to happen. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening in Joe's company. It's happening in Black businesses. It's happening mm-hmm. in our individual lives. Like, yep. this protest is the most protest that I've seen, like, others, not just Black people, others. I mean, Africans yeah, coming yeah. out. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. People out there in their kente cloth, in their... I went on all that stuff. They're coming out and supporting. I've seen white people. I've, the Amish came out, y'all. Girl, somebody said, somebody said, how they know what's going on? They don't even got TV. Who told the Amish we were protesting? <laughs> That's seriously, <laughs> that. Yo. The Amish came but, uh, out. Huh? Right. They said, how they know? Who told them? Right. Ooh. And I think, like, this is the oh. best time for us to really, like, really like really look haven't like doing an assessment to see the brands and companies we really associate with just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like wait what a wait a minute what are they 
are they really for it or are they just really saying it just to, you know, mm-hmm. look good? Like, <laughs> Pretty little liars. One, right. Like the, this one company, I read something, was it last night? Uh, it's, I've heard of them, but I guess they're social, sustainable, um, like clothing company. It's, mm. it's called Reformation. Mm. This, mm-hmm. this girl, I guess um, she's a black girl, used to work at one of their flagship stores, and she re- like she recounted like how like it was so toxic that even the CEO would not even talk to her when she would visit the um, the the store. She would just ignore, wow. and she would tell all the other white girls like, "Oh, you're so pretty, you're so pretty." And I believe like a couple years ago, when um, when they, I think they showed like the CEO and whatever, um, a picture of like a black model and mm-hmm. one of them said, oh, we're not ready for it. So it's, <gasps> I think they finally came out with a statement the other day, but that's because they, they were exposed, mm. you know? And so, they had to, that's a show face, mm-hmm. save face. Right, exactly. That's like saving face. I mean, if you're like, if you're a sustainable company, like, I, I mean, that means like you're like responsible you're fair mm-hmm. and like even ethical in your working yeah culture. yeah that's you're what that's what it's supposed to mean i mean mm-hmm. then i don't think you should be calling yourself sustainable like i mean that's to, if you have that toxic environment but as i was saying it's good it's a good time to really like really analyze like the brands that we might like be supporting to see mm-hmm. if it's just Yep. Yep. Even makeup wise, there's some yep. really I didn't know there's some makeup there's, there's some black owned makeup uh businesses. I'm like, wow, I didn't know this existed. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 like, yep. I'm gonna order something and and test it out and see if it's like if it's good, you know? And mm-hmm. so much money in the beauty industry, you know. So And I don't know if it's only in Chicago, but Target does a really good job of holding like black owned like hair products and skincare. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah. it in yeah, my Target yeah. in Chicago, but I don't know if it's I, like um, in the other states. My well. Target too. Yeah, they, uh-huh. they have a, they have a good range. Um, even I, I think I even saw tampons. I think this one lady. I think it's Honey that, Honey Pot. So. Yes, Honey Pot. Yeah, yeah. I remember she had like uh, she got backlash for saying it's like black something, mm. and people were coming at her. But yeah, the, the, I think Target does a good job. With, and she I said it's for black vaginas only. <laughs> yeah, it's it's for black only. <laughs> it's for black vaginas. yeah, something like that. But y'all, it's anyways, for- we're coming. <laughs> I was I was just gonna say this was this was an amazing conversation, Joe. We loved having you on. We know you've been an avid supporter I'm since this before the very first episode. I was just like she's like she's like I'm their agent. Y'all need to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our financial but advisor. Joe. I am so no, but seriously, I'm so happy for you guys. It's good that you have this platform to empower other women and also to educate other women because some we are we can all learn something you know and this is such a great platform that you guys started and um i know like you guys will go far oh lord amen i received that blessing receive receive it receive it um just thank you again joe for taking time out to come and be with us on my banya 
podcast we really 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 appreciate your support we appreciate you as a whole human being we validate your existence mm-hmm. as a beautiful boss black queen okay oh, and just thank you baby thank you thank you um my name is Enlara, aka la petit piman and thank you for listening to my banya podcast and that's my also beautiful also special co-host Nora, aka Auntie Frida. We love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for supporting. Um, again, shout out to Stuck in the Middle Podcast, SITM. We love you, even though we love y'all, even though we give y'all headache every and every day. That's what we live for. That's what we live for. We live to, to just cause destruction, but it's okay. Okay. Um, stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. It's going to be interesting and we have some amazing guests this season. So stay tuned. Fine girl. Oh, fine girl. Yeah. It's reflex. One time. She said, I gotta run a I'm about to meet a friend or two. You know it's summertime and we might just hit a barbecue. If your name was Julia, the